This is Louis Victor. And today we are talking about how movies go from kitchen to the big screen. There are so many amazing food movies and there are a few really bad ones. So the reason why we like this topic is because so many of us have like that film that either inspired us to like become a cook or inspired us to keep going as a cook. Um inspires like our desire to eat and you know be better chefs be better cooks create interesting dishes um and it got me to thinking a little bit about Hollywood like why is Hollywood interested in this genre why do we care chefs and restaurants and the hospitality industry well you know I mean dude everybody eats Right. And, you know, like, I feel like going to a restaurant is part of anybody and everybody's lifestyle. Especially nowadays. I think now more than ever. It's more glamorous now. Right. Absolutely. So, right. I mean, you see it everywhere on Instagram. Food photos. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, I'm here. Hashtag or, you know, tag location yeah. and stuff like that, you know. It's very celebrated. Right. I mean, an obvious thing is drama. Like, there's so much drama in a kitchen. We're definitely going to be talking about this later on when we come to other topics like drama in the kitchen. But because of that inherent drama that a kitchen, I think, encourages and proliferates, um, it makes for a great drama movie. Yeah. You know, with highs and lows and, you know... uh, problems that can arise from being in the heat of the kitchen oh yeah well you know i mean i think just being a chef and working in that industry it's all that that arc that story arc that Mm -hmm. we go through there there is drama there are big personalities Mm -hmm. there are conflicts and there are definitely big egos yeah, yeah, definitely big egos and you know like there's it's very interesting to watch actually yeah I would almost make the argument on the topic of egos that you almost can't be successful without just a little bit of an ego mm-hmm. I mean obviously there are issues with that as well many issues that I'm sure that you and I could talk for days about mm-hmm. in the kitchen um you know just people that come in and they think they're badasses and they're not and people that are badasses and you're like holy shit like they can back up their crap (laughs) like both occurrences um and because of that it makes for like an interesting like character Mm -hmm. you know an interesting character in a movie because you know we do have these high highs and these low lows and this like roller coaster of like emotions in the kitchen you know all due to you know just the fact that things need to go out in a certain period of time 
There yep. are Time like pressure. a lot of demanding people. Exactly. There's a lot of demanding hours. Yep. Um, and <laughs> back to the egos, it's like, that's how the term too many cooks in the kitchen came about. <laughs> that's, that's actually true, you know. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> there's just, everybody has like their An opinion. idea about like, yeah, yeah. And, and, and more so nowadays with like, you know, when you see like what you were talking about with like Instagram and like people posting pictures all the time of like yeah. their food or other people's food. And it's just like, Vroom, like a thousand opinions about how I much know. it sucks or how much or how awesome it is you know and everybody has a differing opinion about that so um that leads to the drama that we're talking about and you know that can be great for hollywood um the other thing obviously too which is like the more positive aspect of it is there's a ton of inspiring stories mm-hmm. out there and you know um some of our favorite movies are definitely inspiring in many ways to chefs to professional cooks, to just regular people, because there are stories of people, you know, starting somewhere low and then, you know, ending up somewhere high. Start from scratch, basically, right, build your dream. Right, right, And, you know, um, inspiring stories of, like, perseverance. Mm-hmm. Knowing uh, your craft. You're, like, yeah. becoming better and better and better. It's like Definitely. personal growth stories, basically. Dedication. Yeah. Uh, the pursuit of perfection. You All know? in the name of good food. Yeah all in the name of great food definitely and you know i would also make the argument that sometimes you need that drama to get better oh yeah i mean especially in the beginning of your career yeah what's life without conflict you need that drama yeah we can talk more about that um later when we talk about the movies that we're talking about but um we're kind of just gonna go over like some of our top movies some that kind of missed the boat a little bit either because they run realistic or you know just too dramatic maybe like took hollywood to like another level um and then we're also going to explore like how these movies come about like what makes them so great and a lot of the time the reason is because they have real chefs that are either doing the food or consulting on how a real kitchen works, mm-hmm. consulting on, you know, what a chef's life is really like. Cause you got these big name stars and they're just like, oh, like, you know, Bradley Cooper or, you know, Hector Elizondo, uh, John Favreau, um, that are playing chefs, but they have no idea what it's really like because they've never worked in the kitchen. Right. And the chefs, these chef consultants are there to make it more realistic. Um There is some interesting inside information about some of these actors who have gone very method Mm -hmm. and have, you know, gone to culinary school or taken culinary classes or did one-on-one time with chef consultants to, like, look more realistic the way that somebody would do with, like, piano playing or playing the guitar or something to make it look more realistic. So we're going to talk a little bit about that, too, because I think it's very interesting Mm -hmm. about how that affects whether movies good or bad. Exactly. I mean, it's about the the amount of pre-production research that makes it actually, you know, stick. Right. And yeah. just seem realistic to everybody that are actually in the industry, but then yeah. also realistic to the viewer who exactly. has never been in a kitchen. You know, it's not just a story arc. It's also like the devil's always in the details. For sure. For sure. So. so let's start with Louis's top three movies and like maybe just tell us what they are and then we'll start back from the top about, you know, Right. why they're here so what are your favorite three and then i'll tell my favorite three and then we can talk about why my favorite three are hundred foot journey 
Um, there's Ramen Girl and Bottle Shock. Okay. Yeah. Some of those very well-known titles and mm-hmm. others maybe some people obscure. don't know about. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my favorite are Chef, um, John Favreau's movie from 2014. Mm-hmm. Julie and Julia, the story of Julia Child and the woman that tried to cook out of her first cookbook. Yep. Um, And Ratatouille, the charming animated film (laughs) with a mouse cook. And honestly, I might make the argument that that might be the best chef movie of all time. I don't know if you disagree with me or not, but I I mean, it's a great movie. I mean, it's so realistic. And we'll talk about a little bit why it's so realistic. It's just got the right story. Yeah. It's just got the right story. I mean, it just wins. An animated film wins. <laughs> yeah, which is just strange if you think about right, it. But um, but also, like, kind of makes sense in a way, too, because, you know, you can really get in there and with animation, like, perfectly synchronize how a cook would really move, right? You know, mm-hmm. so you can literally just draw out exactly what, a top chef like Thomas Keller would do. Like pattern um, it. You don't have to train anybody. in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to like train Bradley Cooper yeah, or to, John Favreau to, to do the movements because you can just draw it. Yeah. True. <laughs> Maybe that was the uh, Maybe winning that formula. Was it. I don't know. Maybe that was a really It's a great formula. story though, too, just about what we were talking about, which mm-hmm. is, uh, uh, the little guy. Literally. <laughs> in this case, the little guy. The really little right? guy living inside someone's chef's hat. Uh, that ends up, you know, owning this, like, being, like, the top chef at, like, a top Parisian restaurant, which is, like, you know, sort of, like, the dream for many cooks and many chefs starting a career. It's like, ooh, I could live in Paris and, right. like, be a Michelin star chef, you know, and start from nothing and, like, be a dishwasher and then go all the way up to, like, three Michelin star chef in some, like, Parisian fine dining restaurant where like the hardest critic is going to say that I have the best food ever. I know. <laughs> um, it's nuts that they actually embodied the soul of a chef as a rat. Yeah. Right? It's, and he was, let's go ahead and talk about Ratatouille. I sure. mean, it's like, let's, let's start it. there. Yeah. Cause like we both love it. <laughs> um, and it's, just, it's, I really didn't expect to love it. Did you expect to love it? Cause when I heard about the idea, I was like, Oh, it's, I like cartoons. Yeah. I like animated movies. And, you know, I liked the idea of it, but I also thought, oh, this is not, you know, it's going to be silly. Uh, yeah, that was my first impression of it. Right, too. like from the trailer. Yeah. But when I got into the story and, like, seeing how it was so, like, really true to life. Yes. That I was like, oh, my God. That's really I how have, we move. I, yeah. have, I have those same Chuck Taylors that that guy's wearing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, seriously. Yeah. Like, it was just, Every detail. Yeah. That's awesome. Um... The thing that I really, uh, I watched it again before this podcast to just like really think about it in a di- from a different perspective. And uh, the storyline that I really, um, I really felt like talked to me was the storyline of the woman <laughs> who, you know, she's the one woman mm-hmm. in an all male kitchen. Right. right. <laughs> and she's like trying so hard to like, not show her feminine side, if that makes sense. Like, I mean, hopefully all of us are like cool and we live in a world now where it's like, it doesn't really matter. It's practically okay to be a woman in the kitchen. Yeah. But like, it's not. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's be honest. It's it's just not. And that's another whole topic of discussion. There's some instances, but you know, like for the most part, we try to represent, but 
But it's I, interesting, the struggle in the movie, they yeah. play it really well. Yeah. You know, she's, you know, wants to be helpful mm-hmm. and nurturing to, you know, this kid that comes off the street and doesn't know anything, which is a lot of us. I mean, well, we could say all of us at one point or another were coming off the street and like, oh, I want to be a chef. I want to be a cook or whatever, you know, like all of us have like been that struggling kid hey. <laughs> at one point, maybe some of us older than others at the time, like me, but we've all done it. I have a coworker that literally got hired off the street. <laughs> like one, I think it happens yeah. actually a lot though. That this was at our place. Oh, you know? Okay. One of our chefs was outside smoking a cigarette, probably wearing chucks. <laughs> like, you know, just a typical break. This kid comes along and says, like, oh, you know, where do you work? And then he says the place. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, I wanna be that too. Literally got hired. So these are true to well, life situations. Right? <laughs> these are true to life situations. I'm just and saying. sometimes that works out for us and sometimes yeah. it doesn't. Yeah. Many times not. Um, but, you know, I can definitely relate to that kid and, and what that was like. Mm-hmm. But also, I really just felt this, like, affinity to this woman who, you know, wanted to help this kid that was struggling and saw that he was struggling and that he meant well, even though he didn't know what he was doing. Right. Um, but also to be a badass. Like, she was just, like, you know, moving the way, like, a cook moves and just, like, you know, knowing how to cook things, like, you know, the best that she could possibly cook them. And, you know, she knew how to saute and she knew how to cut. And she was just, like, in some ways kind of, like, disgusted by, like, how bad this kid was. And then Mm -hmm. other ways, like, I want to help her. I want to help him, you know? So it's, like, it's funny, like, that dichotomy of, like, uh, of being a female cook, like, having those, like, female tendencies, which, again, they're, like, sort of – I mean, I hate to say it nowadays because everybody's, like, so different. And we try not to, like, make stereotypes about people. Mm-hmm. But I do think that there is some truth to the um, the positive qualities of having people who are more, like, aggressive and people who are more, like, demure and, mm-hmm. like, having them – and. And the traditional characteristics of a female, I think, add to the traditional characteristics of a male. Obviously, there are women that have those, like, very strong qualities. And then there's right. those men that are, like, yeah. wussy boys. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to say it. Like, there are, obviously. But I'm just saying, like, at the same time, like, there are things that women bring to the kitchen that maybe men don't bring. Yeah. And the other way around. But, and, you know, in every kitchen, you'll see how it balances out. And that's the key, though, is the exactly. balance. Exactly. Like, if, if something is out of place, you'll definitely feel it during service or, you know, just in operations. Everything's just going to go haywire. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely been in kitchens where it's a locker room. Right. A men's locker room. Mm-hmm. And I obviously haven't spent a lot of time in a men's locker room, but, I mean, I can easily imagine what it's like. And when I say that, it's obviously more of, like, you know, like the traditional male locker room where it's like full of testosterone and like, Mm -hmm. you know, guys like slapping each other's butts and like getting into fights and like talking shit about women or men or whatever. And, and that's what a kitchen's like a lot of the time. So if you tend to be more the feminine kind of woman, Mm -hmm. that's like hard to sometimes adapt to. Mm -hmm. And so this role um, of this one, it's Colette. Is that her name? I'm trying to think of what her name was. I should probably know this, but the female, the female cook in the cook movie. In the movie okay. She just kind of rides that line of like being a female and also being like one of the guys. Right. And to me, that was just interesting. And 
and unbelievable also at the same time that, wow, like they could animate a woman <laughs> that was able to like subtly uh, project these qualities of like trying to be a woman and a man in the at kitchen the at the time, same right? time. So that was what I really kind of, the second time watching it, really it was like, oh, that's true. Like a lot of the things that they made her do or they, the aspects of her personality that I could really relate to. Yeah. So that was a really good touch. A really good touch that made the movie more endearing and more realistic. Yeah. You know? So yeah, Ratatouille would actually take the cake. Yeah, and I, we can talk more about Ratatouille when we talk about chef consulting because I think that's the number one reason why Ratatouille, I would say, is my favorite movie is because of that consultant element of Thomas Keller being in there and just making it so true to life. Yeah. Uh, your favorite movie? A Hundred Foot Journey. Let's talk about that real quick. Okay. So, you know, um, I like it because there's this Indian family that moves to some part in France. Mm-hmm. It, it's France, right? Yeah. It's not London. I'm pretty sure it's France. Cause like, it's, it's like a small town in France. Interesting fact. The best Indian food is actually in Europe. It's because, you know, the Indians moved there and used all these, like, just robust um, cuisine and produce. Their spices are exactly so much stronger than European yeah. spices. Just so physically, like they taste stronger. No, but the better Indian foods actually in Europe. It, it's just because of that that movement, basically. Because uh, there's not a lot of farms in India because of the climate and stuff. They they have like really starved cows and stuff like that. And India is vast and poor also. But when the Indians moved to to Europe. They took all the uh, the produce and like everything ingredients basically, right? And then really made Indian cuisine happen. So that's a well known fact. So that movie was kind of like okay, um, this Indian family moves into like France, and then he starts the culture shock. Yeah, and at first, you know, the people, the French, wouldn't accept them. And they're like, close your restaurant down. Yeah. You know, there was actually a, a burning attempt, which to me was kind of a little bit far-fetched. I mean, how, how maybe hostile a bit. can you be? Yeah, maybe a bit. How hostile can you be? Right. They're people too, you know? Yeah. But, I mean, this guy, this Indian kid, just gains this super Michelin star. He's not the chef. What is she? Restaurant owner? Restaurateur? She's the restaurateur, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, the other girl is the uh, chef. The chef, right? Yeah. And She's more like the owner restaurateur. It's funny how they eventually fall in love yeah. in the end. Yeah, I don't know if I necessarily love that part of the movie, like right. the falling in love part, just from like a movie perspective. They just didn't have any chemistry to me. I like just, it was a weird chemistry. Yeah, I think they just had to like put in a feel-good moment. Maybe, yeah. And it's like... Hollywoodish, yeah. That's to ho- like that's fall in love. Yeah, yeah, that's a Hollywood Not that that formula. doesn't happen though in the kitchen. Yeah. I mean, clearly there are a lot of relationships that start in a kitchen uh, or end in a kitchen. End in a kitchen, <laughs> right? Um, um, so yeah, going back to that, he he earns this woman's respect, and suddenly like doors start opening for him. Suddenly right. he's in Paris, like cooking, and that's where he like meets himself. And I think obviously like the Hollywood version of this is that it happens probably a lot faster than it would i mean Mm -hmm. you don't normally go from like some kid like in the middle of nowhere moving to another country and then like a two michelin star chef like that doesn't normally happen but 
the I think what you're saying is like the um, the idea of it, the inspiration of like working so hard to this goal and like just making it such a big part of your life, like pretty much your whole life. Yeah. Um, I mean, because that's really the only way to be like a Michelin star chef. I mean, the people that make it to that level, which I can't imagine honestly ever going that far or trying to go that far because it takes like 24-7 of your life to do that. And you have to have so much skill and so much talent and so much dedication to get mm-hmm. to that place. Um, I think that they did a, like a really good job of showing, showing that. that dedication, you exactly. know, like what it would take. Obviously faster than it would normally yeah. happen, but I, I, I loved that. And, you know, the demons that come with it. For sure. Right? There was yeah. this point where he was just like burning out. Oh, yeah. And then he had to come full circle and co- come back home to kind of like realize his dream. For sure. It, you know? So knowing when you're at the precipice of like greatness and you're about to fall off and then just knowing when to pull yourself back in. Just, you know, hey, you know what? It might not be my desired dream or outcome might not be that big, but right. at least I'm going to survive. Yeah, and, and, you for know, sure. Really enjoy my success. Another thing I love about that movie, and it's not in my top three, but honestly, it would probably be in my top five or top ten. It, it's mm-hmm. somewhere in there. I do love that movie too. Um, one of the things I really love about it is that I feel like it kind of shows that I just I've always felt this my whole life that you can learn skills and you can work really hard and yeah. get better and better at almost anything. Like, almost anything. But to be, like, a genius mm-hmm. <laughs> at right something, away. I don't think that, like, that's necessarily something that you can teach someone. Uh-huh. Like, I feel like a lot of these chefs, like Thomas Keller or Robuchon, uh-huh. Jose Andres. They're born with it. They, yes, they definitely hone their skills. Yeah. They definitely were at amazing restaurants and had amazing mentors. I mean, you know, Jose had Ferran, you know what I mean? And Grant Ackett's, he had Thomas Keller. Like, a a lot of people had these, like, amazing teachers. Mm -hmm. But I think that they were also born with it. Exactly. (laughs) Because I don't feel like I'm going to be Thomas Keller one day. You know what I mean? I would love to be, clearly. I would love to just keep working to try to be better. But Thomas Keller is Thomas Keller. Right. And I think that that part of the movie, they did a really good job with, like, showing that this kid, you know, it was was from, like, childhood. He had it. It was in him. He had the gift. He had, like, the gift, and he mm-hmm. had, like, that ability to, to like, suss out great flavor. And whether it was French or if it was Indian, mm-hmm. he could figure out, like, he had how to make of, it amazing. It was the gift of taste. And it happens. Yeah. I definitely have, like, met people like that. I'm mm-hmm. sure you have, too, that are just, like, cooking geniuses, and you're just, like, they constantly come up with great stuff, and you're, like, Exactly, like, how do you do this? Think, what did I think of that? <laughs> like, like yeah. oh, my God, right? <laughs> like, it's so awesome. Like, so it does definitely happen. Mm-hmm. Um, usually those people are super low key too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're just like they're not the people that are bragging. Exactly. <laughs> they're the quiet ones on the side. Yeah. And then oh, I can think of total like yeah. total people like that that they'll, we know. They'll say something. It's like mic drop. Yeah. <laughs> or like or like you know like they they have this thing like in professional kitchens. It's called family meal, or we'll call it like familia or whatever we call it. And um, it's basically us cooking for each other, especially like in, in like the higher end restaurants, you mm-hmm. know, like you'll be able to use the ingredients, like stuff that's either like maybe getting like a little bit too old. Perishing. But, yeah. It's <laughs> getting too old. So we can't serve it to the customer, but go ahead and serve it to the cooks. Haha, mm-hmm. that's funny. It's but you know, hey, but yeah, it's still good. Anyways. And then like, or, or, you know, like ordering like some cheaper ingredients that like, you know, chef will let you do so that you can create something that you want to create. And in those moments, a lot of the time, like you realize that your friend next to you is like a badass cook. Exactly. Because <laughs> you're like, wait, 
I thought you kind of sucked in the line. Yeah. But you're like a really good cook. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know how to cook. You're blowing me away. Really? <laughs> yeah. So um, that's just kind of an example of like how people kind of like, there are people out there that are just better than you. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're just better than you. And they're, they're freaking awesome. Like, yeah. they're just innately freaking awesome. And they're going to get better and better and better. And it's like, if you add that you know that drive that dedication all that stuff then they can you know become a michelin star chef but exactly but i don't think everybody can be a michelin star chef no like Like, they could be very good they could be awesome and they could work really hard and they deserve to be successful for working really hard but they're never going to be dominique cren or (laughs) or like you know thomas keller so that's interesting to me um because that we definitely see that a lot yeah um, there's like lots of levels of success Within the cooking industry, you know, you can just remain doing your job if you love it, you know. And yeah. then there's, there obviously shoot for the stars kind of deal. Yeah. This kid shot for the stars. Yeah. And he had everything line up for him. Um, I don't know if I mentioned my other two. I don't think I did. Chef and Julie and Julia. Those are my other two of oh, the did. top three favorites. Did yeah. I? Yeah. Okay. So Chef is Chef. another one that we definitely agree on too. Mm-hmm. So those Cuban pork sandwiches. <laughs> I want one. Yeah, like now. <laughs> now, please. Um, for me, that movie is like twofold interesting. Like, okay, I don't know if I'm saying it the right way, but it's interesting to me for two totally different reasons and yet the same reason. So I love that movie for the cooking part of it. Of course, because that's what we're talking about. I love it for like its realism. Like clearly John Favreau did a lot of work in a kitchen. You can tell, you know, he's shopping. They don't cut to his hands. Like right. you see his whole face there. Mm-hmm. You know that he's been working his butt off. Um, and like after research, you know, we found that like he was getting like lessons like in French culinary school. He um, he did do lessons, private lessons with Roy Choi, uh, the famous Korean American chef. Um, and so he looked super legit in it and, and Roy Choi had told him the only way that he would work with him is if he got it right. Right. So that's clearly one of the big reasons. That's a great, big demand to ask somebody who's asking something from you, you know, kind of like, well, he's like, I'll do it, but do it right. Do do it right. Yeah. Please, please don't make me And it's fair. Yeah. (laughs) But like, uh, and we can go into that more later because that goes back to the chef consultant again, but the other big reason I love that movie is it's because it's so watchable. Like mm-hmm. anytime that movie comes on, like it's not one of those movies where you're like, oh gosh, I want to just get to the good part, you know? Right, like, I know. It's one of those movies where like the whole movie for me, like from start to finish, there's like, it's funny, it's entertaining. You got Sofia Vergara, who's like hot mm-hmm. and fun. You got the kid that's like freaking adorable. Uh, Leguizamo, who's like hilarious. Dude. Like, there's just so many great things about that movie. Exactly. It really pulls you in. Yeah. You know, the storyline's like perfect. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's really reflective too. Like, when we talk about like chefs and relationships. Oh, for sure. Like, he's, he's divorced, but he's succeeding at the co parenting thing. Right, right, right. You know, which a lot of us actually are like, you know, it is what yeah, it is. Yeah, it is what it is, <laughs> but we try to succeed, and yeah. we're great human beings for, like, trying, right? Right. But you, I like him, his character, because, you know, like, I can relate. He's trying. And, like, the words, too, crack me up, because, yeah. like, they'll say things like chingon. Right. Which, like, uh, a lot of people, it's, like, basically, like, fucking badass in Spanish. It's kind mm-hmm. of loosely translated that way. But, like, people say chingon. 
Um, and like just the atmosphere of the kitchen is very real. Mm, I, I would have to agree with you. On and that, so yeah. that's like one of those things where you're just like, it's hard not to like that movie. Like, I honestly can't think of any chefs that don't like that movie. Plus, realistically speaking, they started with a food truck. And now they've got a TV show coming exactly. out. Wow. Roy Choi and, like, uh, John Favreau have just uh, announced it. So wow. that should be interesting to watch. That's great. Like, um, clearly, it had a lot of success and totally deserved it. Um, what's next on your list? Ramen uh, Girl. Ramen, Ramen Girl. Girl. So I've only seen the movie a few times. Um, this is one of the obscure ones. Right. I don't think a lot of people Brittany... like Brittany Murphy. Brittany Murphy. The late Brittany Murphy, yeah. actually. Yeah. So this is not kind of like, you know, chef-centric. Yeah. She's like an ordinary girl. Right. Who like moves to Tokyo. Right. Really lost. I think she she's doesn't like have coming skill. out of a relationship or something, right? Yeah. I think that's what it is. She doesn't have any special skill. No. But she wanted to be good at something. Mm-hmm. And this is why I liked it. So she walks into a ramen shop and meets a ramen master. And then slowly, as you know, the movie progresses, she falls in love with learning right. the art of ramen. Which is an art. Yeah, which is an art in yeah. itself, you know? Like, Americans are just starting, I think, to learn that. Yep. But, I mean, ramen's been around for, like... Forever. Ever. Yeah, but all we knew was, like, top ramen growing up in America. <laughs> and then just recently, it's become, like, a movement, like, in the last years. Oh, my God. Like, speaking of top ramen, funny fact, I once took a girl out to a date, and I said, ramen? And she was like, this cheap mofo. <laughs> <laughs> so she didn't know about she, the movement. <laughs> she, she did not know that there was an actual ramen restaurant. Like That's hilarious. You know? Yeah. Oh my God. She, she That's definitely a like, new thing though. Like, yeah. I mean, new in the sense of like, I don't know, seven, eight years, 10 years. Like I can't. Within the last It definitely years, when we were like kids, like no. it definitely was a cheap thing that you could just like feed anybody. Exactly. Like in America, obviously not in Asia. Totally different thing. Yeah. Um, I do love that movie too. I love it for like, um, it's not like one of my best of all time or mm-hmm. whatever, but it's another one of those very watchable movies where it's like you could turn it on anytime and be like. I enjoy this because it's yeah. cute. And like, I love the idea of somebody, you know, uh, it, it go, I think it goes back to maybe this is your theme. Somebody kind of like super like cook out of water, yeah. fish out of water situation, right, like an American being in Japan or story an Indian being in France. Or, it is the story life. of your life. You're like a Filipino in America. <laughs> right? um, but yeah, so I love that, like that, you know, just uh, really, really trying to be part of a culture by getting involved with the food right which is really i think the best way to get involved with the culture like at least in the beginning it's like a great way to like get into a culture like oh i love indian food let me learn more about indian culture it's nice to see japanese culture being seen through american eyes yeah and i feel like that movie kind of does that for sure you know yeah like as westerner like Ooh, you know, this is what happens. This is a ramen shop. Like, ooh, this is like, what is real ramen? And at the end of it, doesn't she open her ramen shop? Yeah. Which, back then, when that movie came out, um, gosh, that was definitely not, like, something that happened, at least, like, in Las Vegas, where we are right now. Or, like, you know, not very, like, maybe New York City in San Francisco might have mm-hmm. had like ramen shops but like now you could probably find a ramen shop in Wisconsin in the middle of nowhere shout out the first ramen shop in Las Vegas that opened is it Monta it might be I mean that's old school hmm. that's like OG ramen here in all Vegas right. well calling out to all you foodies out there if you can tell us the first ramen shop that opened in Las Vegas we would love to hear from you yeah I, I would guess that that's what it would be 
But there's like so many now in Chinatown and like that actually just even a couple of years ago, it was only in Chinatown uh-huh. where you could get like a ramen shop. And now it's like, dude, I, you can get them anywhere. <laughs> Henderson, like. I have my favorites. I have my favorites. What's your favorite here? Just tell us like top your three. favorite. Oh no. <laughs> this is top three movies, Lil. I know. Do but it. It's, it's Jinya. I love Jinya. Yeah. They, they're very just like, you know, it's. And they're out of California. It's great. Yeah, it's I great. love Jinya. It's 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 the same experience every time. Mm-hmm. Consistent. Consistent. That, that was the word that I was like looking for. Sora, Ramen Sora is good. I love Ramen Sora. Yeah, and then the third one would be Manta, kind of like my go-to. I like Manta. It would be the last that I would go yeah. to. I just started going to this place here in Henderson because I just moved to like Hendertucky. Yay! I'm way out deep in Henderson. Yay, um, Henderson. Southeast uh, of Las Vegas for people who are not in Las Vegas. Um, it's way the heck out here. And there's a place called Michi that I've been going to. And they do a sh- spicy shrimp cilantro ramen. Oh. That's so badass. And I'm just like... Like, you just get that craving, especially when it's, like, rainy outside. And you're just like, oh, I just want some ramen right now. Yeah, when fall hits, it's ramen season for me, man. This is so, like, cook right now to, like, just go Ugh. completely off topic. So back to the movie. Back to the movie. <laughs> so, yeah, in the end, that movie, um, it finishes up with her opening up her ramen shop. And then her mentor kind of learning from her that right. you should pursue your own dream. Yeah. So he closes the ramen shop. And... Um, pursues music yeah so it's kind of actually you know being true to yourself finding your passion going with it that's always the best thing to do but and it works it takes most of us many years to figure that out (laughs) definitely me uh same here (laughs) for me the third one is julie and julia and obviously oscar nominated movie meryl streep's in it i mean clearly the acting is brilliant stanley tucci i mean it's, it's a great movie amy adams uh, but for people in the industry, uh, so a couple of things for me, one, Meryl Streep rocks. It might be, I mean, I won't probably get many arguments to say that she might be the best actress of all time. I mean, certainly shows in like Oscars. If you use that as a barometer, she is the best, but I watched Julia Child growing up and I, you know, cooked out of the, the art the mastering art the mastering art the art of, of french, french cooking, cooking. Uh, and you know the voice the stature the mannerisms i mean it was like for me such like a beautiful tribute to like to julia child the first female oh my god chef on tv she's a badass i mean so it's just like just that alone like made it great for me you know that's Duh. I mean, uh-huh. it's Julia Child. And then seeing Amy Adams become the modern day Julia Child, that was like another layer of the story that was like actually really pleasurable, you know? It, it's so interesting. And it goes back to what we were talking about with um, learning and mm-hmm. skill and yeah. like starting, you know, as like this home cook who was afraid to like boil a lobster. <laughs> you know what I mean? To like the very end and she's like cooking this like super fancy duck and you know exactly like, just things that like you know even a professional cook would have some challenge doing right. you know but the beef bourguignon burnt somewhere in between. <laughs> so it's hits and misses i don't know how you like burn a beef bourguignon that's not <laughs> really happens. that it's not that hard to cook it's right. a freaking beef stew but anyways it happens apparently. 
question. Um, hey. But yeah, so it's a great movie. And I just, it makes me happy every single time I see it. Some people cannot boil water, might I add. You know? They can't even boil eggs. Some, I, yeah. I, I, I am speechless. I... This brings up like a funny, like, and it's random. We can have like a total full podcast about this, but I cannot stand. And this is like one of my biggest pet peeves, like in life Mm -hmm. is like somebody that's like, I can't cook at all. I never want to learn. I just go out to eat and fine. You're lining my pockets. Like I'm a chef, like come out to eat. Great. But please, can you not, you can't boil water. You can't Mm. make pasta. I mean, these are like very Boil super eggs. simple things. It's like, like, Google it. It's hey. not that hard. Like, I don't expect you to be, you know, Anthony Bourdain or Thomas Keller, but can you please just like know how to do basic things like scrambled eggs? Like, I, I just, that annoys me. Like, I, it's one of those like non-negotiables for me as a human. Yeah. Like, as soon as someone says to me, like, it's, it's, it's okay not to be a great cook, but it's not okay not to know how to boil an egg. But I feel that's like, you know, that's part of like, I want, I don't want to say millennial, but I'm going to say it anyway. Millennial say culture. It. Millennial <laughs> culture. Like, seriously, they would rather go to a restaurant because, like, it's so accessible now. You know, yeah. we, we don't have to. There's there's a, there's a cheap or affordable restaurant anywhere and everywhere, and you can have food that's prepared for you. Right. And, you know, it's it's great. But they've taken it to this level that's yeah. just like, it, I, I don't care, man. Like, it's kind of skewer us millennials i mean we love you and we hate you just like you love and hate us like some of the things that are out there for people that don't know how to cook are crazy like peeled avocados oh you're just like what the hell or and the gadgets that come out like yeah the gadgets drive me nuts oh my god pineapple core oh what the hell dude cut it a knife (laughs) grab a knife yeah yeah so yeah so to address that the whole meal prep movement came out yeah, and they're making a lot of money. Dude, they're making I know, a right? lot of money. It's kind of like the hybrid between... That's maybe what you should be doing. Yeah. <laughs> it's the hybrid between wanting to like go to a real restaurant and have yeah. a meal. And no, I'm going to take somebody's prepared food and cook it in my house, you know? Yeah. Like, put it in a microwave or an oven or whatever. Swear, though, I should have yeah. come up with that idea. Like, don't meal you prep? wish you came up with that idea? Like, because seriously, some of those companies are doing like millions of dollars like over just like hello go to the store and buy like the six ingredients that you need lorraine it might not be too late food yeah it Uh, might not be too late i have an idea uh, this well you know the culinary anyways yeah (laughs) hospitality and culinary and food industry is always changing so um your last movie my Uh, last oh chocolate yeah chocolate juliette binoche done she is like my woman crush. So it's just a crush. It's not really the movie. No. I love chocolate. <laughs> it's a great movie. Dude, I love chocolate. And I love like. Well, I know you love Johnny Depp too. Probably. I love Johnny Depp. So. He, he's super duper hot. He's ridiculous. Um, the story is amazing. I love those kind of like. Right. Again, like you old know? school kind of like fairy tale exactly. kind of stories. Like that's what's great about it. But the food element to it. It's it's great. I just, I love, and this is so true, like, Mm -hmm. about food, how, like, it can put you in different moods. Exactly. And so it's, like, the food that makes, like, the guy, like, do his wife for the first time in, like, 10 years or whatever. Chocolate definitely put you in a romantic mood. As chocolate would. No, it's it's been proven. Wow. So, um, yeah, that movie is beautiful. It's beautifully shot. Has beautiful people. Um, Definitely, if you love chocolate, like, 
I can't believe you haven't seen that movie if you haven't seen it because it's it's like a freaking like super it's chocolate porn dude it's hashtag chocolate porn and little red riding hood they walk into like an otherwise sleepy oh beautiful like cinematography conservative, conservative town with yeah. their red hoods on and you know spices things up with with their craft yeah it's it's a gorgeous movie i love that movie um and you're real like, quickly okay because we're starting to get kind of long here. Uh, worst movie for me is Burnt. Um, and it's just, okay. I love Bradley Cooper. He's he's fine. He's a great actor. Um, I just feel like the story had like a lot of missing parts. Um, I do like some of the realism. Like, you know, it's, it's beautifully shot. There's some beautiful like you know, plating and stuff. It makes it kind of interesting, but it's just to me too formulaic Hollywood style. Like he falls in love with like his sous chef, you know, and it's just like he he's into women and drugs and alcohol, which, you know, these are things that could happen, but at the same time, it's just very like archetypal and very like, this is how a chef like would be. And, you know, it's so extreme. Like he's going to like scream and like throw sous vide stuff around the kitchen. And I don't know. I just, I thought it was lame. In a nutshell. I'll just sum it up as it was drama heavy. Yeah. Maybe too drama heavy. Yeah, too drama heavy. The story was uh, uh, weakly driven by loads and loads and crap loads of issues. Yeah. Yours is waiting. Yeah. You you kind of have a love-hate maybe for it? Yeah, love-hate. When I saw it in my 20s, it was the best thing. And it was and right happens for with the movies. time. Yeah, <laughs> it was right at right for the time. And then I see it now. I'm like, this is fun stupid sorry <laughs> pardon my french but yeah this is just stupid you know it's it's not yeah it, it didn't really stand the it's test really of goofy. time and there are parts though that are funny and interesting mm-hmm. ryan reynolds isn't it um and it's just it's true we play games in the kitchen you know there are some th- certain things that happen yeah but it's just kind of like, eh, like it got overplayed the whole like taking that customer's food and like totally mm. screwing it over. Like in all honesty, like I have no idea what kitchen that happens in. Dude. Especially it, like in the kitchens that like we've worked in, like okay. it, especially to that degree, I don't know how nobody would like, no chef would see that and like be okay with it. Like we're the exact opposite to be honest with you, yeah. especially here in Vegas. Like, Dude, we have to be sterile, like a, yeah. like a operating room. Yeah. And my cooks, like in my kitchen, like they're the exact opposite. Like it's funny because like you think like I know there's this thing out there. It's like oh I don't want to like complain about the food because like they're gonna spit in my food. It's the exact opposite. Like exactly. any cook that has any respect at all, which is honestly most cooks, like they're there for the food mm-hmm. and like they want a great product. They actually feel embarrassed. Like all my cooks are like that, and I definitely as a cook was like humiliated when exactly. like something would come back. Like right. you don't want something to come back. Mm-hmm. Like you're like the opposite. You're like. I better just make this like the best steak I have ever cooked in my entire life or like the best pulpo or the best fish or whatever, because you feel crappy about it coming back. So that I felt was like kind of, I don't know. I mean, obviously it probably happens somewhere sometime. It does. And you know where it happens? Maybe at a fast food restaurant. It happens to those, it it happens in kitchens where people are just there as warm bodies and they're and pissed they don't off care and they're pissed off you know and they they're served this like manual do this thing this way this is like how much cheese you should put and you know it's like so just i think it's rare, rare though like i think it's know? rare and i think like it kind of gives us a bad rap that we would allow anything like that because we wouldn't 
Exactly. We really wouldn't. Stay tuned for Chef is Consultant because we got a little long here, but we'll talk more about that in another podcast coming up. Um, final thoughts. What are some of your favorite cooking food movies? Um, were some of your worst? Mm-hmm. Um, love to hear from just like regular people who like, you know, I think that they probably have a different perspective, people that aren't in a professional kitchen. And of course, you know, always would love to hear from colleagues, you know, like what looks realistic to you or or what's funny or interesting to you, please let us know. Um, there are many ways to contact us. Yep. We are on Instagram at Two Sharp Chefs, Facebook at Two Sharp Chefs in the microphone, and you can also email us at Two Sharp Chefs at gmail.com. Thank you so much for tuning in, and stay tuned for the next episode where we actually have time to talk about chefs as consultants. It's really interesting. Thanks.